had a lot of time to think in South Dakota, all right? And you know what I realized? I'm burned out. Welcome to Do the Right Film. My name's Thomas. My name is Sean. My name is Steve. And I'm Harvey Gladden. Yeah, coming up on this episode, we have a review of We the Animals. This is a, uh, a smaller film um, written by Daniel Kitrosser and directed by Jeremiah Zagar. Um, I think this kind of made its rounds at Sundance previously and uh, got a lot of praise, so here we are talking about it. And uh, we have a topic this week. We're also going to be talking about some coming-of-age elements in films that uh, that work, or maybe we'll discuss some of our favorite coming-of-age films and why why they're uh, nostalgic and impactive. You know, why they make us feel That's the right. feels impactful. Impactful, <laughs> impactive is not a word, is it? Probably not. Nope. But it's fine. I mean, English is subjective, right? In these days, yes. <laughs> so speaking of uh, subjective, I don't know how uh, subjective our quality is going to be. Steve uh, decided to clean the podcast table. Yeah, because I noticed when I was walking by, there was a lot of sweat, blood, and I'm pretty sure tears, especially mm. coming off of your end of the of the table. So I decided to really just clean up. A testament to my passion. Yeah, I would say um, so. So just forgive us while we work out the uh, the bugs on the levels here. All of our knobs seem to be uh, tinkered with. Though Steve claims they weren't, uh, but if you do enjoy the episode, probably let us know. Yeah, he probably like, like this. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> he probably got nice and deep in the crevices of our mixer and turned every knob. First of all, if you turn and just hear a crunch, that's not good. I think you should clean it every so often. <laughs> all right. So if you do enjoy the episode, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know. We have a website. Do the right film. You can connect with the show. Let us know if you uh, like what we're talking about, if you have movie recommendations for us, and so forth. Uh, how was everybody's week? Sean, let's start with you. Uh, not much to report. Didn't go out much. Uh, just Steve and I went to an event midweek. Just wait. Had some free drinks. Holy shit. I completely blanked on that. And that was pretty much it? Yeah, well, it kind of makes sense. I kind of blanked out on that. So yeah. yeah, It was a good time. We definitely were out of place at this event, though. Mm-hmm. We were the we were, there was four of us all together, and we all were just we basically looked like we were kind of bums, and everyone else was in suits and uh, looked like they belonged there. And we definitely didn't. Yeah. And the there, funniest thing happened actually. So I walk into this event. I'm trying to talk my way in because I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm here with Sean, and and he's just like, who? And he's like looking for a name, and it's not there. I'm like, what the fuck? And then out of nowhere, our buddy Tim just like rolls up. He's like, Steve, Steve. He's with me. <laughs> and he's just like, he's with me. He's with me. He's cool. Don't worry about it. What the hell? And he's just like, thanks a lot, Jason. I'm just like, how the fuck do you know people? By? Like, you've been here for like, what, less than an hour? That's weird. And he literally just gave me a tour around the whole like, like space. He's just like, oh, you see that? And he, he calls he calls one of the, the waiters over. He's like, he's like, come over here. Come over here. He's like, Steve, you need to try one of these burgers. They're amazing. And he was like, and he would go to another person. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need it. Spinach Wait, and this cheese. this is Tim? No, this is Tim. I yeah. kid you not. Just like was toward. Was he there before you guys? Yeah. That's well, weird. he was there like 
No, Wait. I was there first, and yeah. then he met me oh, there. Okay. And they, dude, it was, it was pretty funny, and we definitely didn't belong, and we definitely took advantage. Nice. So it was a good week. That's what we do. Uh, yeah. the podcast? Well, th- well, thanks for answering for Sean. You have anything to add to that, Sean? No, we uh, we had free drinks and food, so you know what happened. Word, word. Unlimited, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Steve, I mean, do you want to keep going on about your week, or how how does uh, everything go? You want to talk see. about our hiking trip? Oh yeah, we we. I mean, I'm let you talk about the hiking trip, but All I right. would say I would say this. I, I think I've never laughed so much climbing up a mountain. I think we bonded. <laughs> Why? And it was just—it was a good experience. I mean, I'm let you talk about it, but oh, mm. uh, I did. Uh, I did work on a a commercial this past week, uh, which was pretty exciting. I did my first AC job, which was nerve wracking. You know, when you kind of walk into the situation, you're like, "He's like, I got this, I got this," and then like five minutes before you're actually like having to do what you need to do, it's like this panic washes over me, and I'm like, "Fuck." But uh, all in all, it, it all went well, and uh, I did a good job, and I only vomited twice. Nice. In front of the client. Nice. Yeah. So what that was my week. What about you, Harvey? Um, how's the uh, how's the life treating you? How, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Forgot. How was your trip? You were not here last yeah, week. Yeah, I took a trip. Um, I flew to uh, New Hampshire. My friends live in New Hampshire this uh small place called milford and um we thought we should go hiking and um i don't know exploring up in uh upstate new hampshire so we went to uh mount washington which is the uh, highest peak in the northeast um we took the auto road we didn't hike it um to hike it is a huge event because that play- i think is huge um right. It's also like when there's a road, it, it makes the hike not feel worth it, you know. Like if it's yeah, if it's I mean, the, if hiking's the only way up, it's like it's it's more of an accomplishment. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, we plan to hike it. We're gonna hike it like next uh, next summer or something. But yeah, we drove it this time. It's really sketchy because the road is just like big enough for like one two cars to pass on both sides. Mm-hmm. So at times you even have to like yield to the car um, that's coming the opposite way. And, um, yeah, there's, like, no barrier or anything, so you can just basically, like, just fall off the fucking mountain. Oh, that sounds exciting. Um, there's nothing stopping you. It's pretty crazy, and it's pretty uh, scary to do for the first time, but it's also amazing because you get these crazy fucking views. Like a <laughs> yeah, I've been on a similar road in Colorado. Um, it's the highest paved road in the world, but Mount Washington has the highest recorded winds in the, anywhere in, in the world. In the world. Yeah. It's That's insane. fucking crazy. Yeah, I did not know that. They give you like a little DVD, uh, <laughs> not a DVD, but a fucking uh, like a CD. CD. Put it in your car. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you listen to it as you're going up, and they tell you like the history of the, the mountain and um, yeah, a lot of facts about it. And, yeah, it's um, it's pretty crazy. It's definitely the biggest mountain that I I think I've ever been on because I haven't been like really to mountains out west. So it was pretty cool to to be there. The winds were crazy when I was there too, and it was like a normal summer day. Like, the winds were, like, at, like, 60 fucking miles per hour. I would jump, and it would, like, push me back. Yeah? Yeah. It's crazy. It was a great trip. I also went down this river called the Saco River, and uh, we just, like, had an inner tube with, like, a cooler and beers on it. And that we had, sounds like, nice. We just attached ourselves to it and went down this river for, like, three hours just drinking beer. It's pretty yeah, cool. we got to find a river uh, near New York where we can do that. Or we can go up there. It's far. Yeah, that's true, but it's not impossible. All right, cool. Cool. 
<clears throat> You're becoming quite the uh, summiteer. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go to Delaware maybe next month. Delaware? In the Delaware Water Gap. Oh. Um, what about climbing the highest point in New York? I think uh, Steve's on board with me to do Mount that. Mount Marcy? Yeah. Yeah, I'm down for that. I'm thinking late September, but... Uh, John, you want to do it? Do what? Marcy? Climb Mount Marcy. Sure. I got it all pointed out. We'll talk about it off air. But my week was good. I did do some hiking. I'm actually doing more hiking just to prepare to climb Mount Marcy. Because uh, anybody who doesn't know me who's listening, I'm severely out of shape. Severely. And uh, <laughs> You didn't have to let them know that. Why'd you? Uh, why, well, <clears throat> so, yeah. I guess I could jump in right now after you set that up. <laughs> I'm not, it's not that bad, Steve. No, no. He's very dramatic, but... It, this this is the best part about Tom. It's just it's the drama as we climb this mountain, and he's just like looking back at me, and I'm looking back at because I <laughs> I'm climbing, and I look back, and he's just like I could see that he's just like he's like I don't know if I can do this. No, and he's I like, was fine, I and he was, was like fighting it within himself. But I'm like, so I've I've this. definitely hiked way worse. Which I found that's what that's what I'm saying. That's what I was, I was just trying to be funny. All right, I'm not. I wasn't that. I was sweating a lot. I was hot, but I was fine. <laughs> No, 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 no. That is not my best accomplishment, okay? All right, whatever you say, man. Um, yeah, other than that, that's all I did, you know. Fast forward uh, one week later, and he, actually, you know what? That was a Wednesday, I just realized. Yeah. That was also really cool, to get out of town on a Wednesday. I don't know if you guys know what that's like, but, man, it's just something about it feels more free than, than like, a Saturday. It's probably because you know that you're out exploring and like uh you don't have some schedule while everybody else is working yeah everybody's working it's a great feeling but other than that that was pretty much it for my week uh you guys want to talk about some films and movies uh, a little bit of both yes. okay let's do it sure um i could start off by saying that uh harvey really screwed me over here i screwed you over yeah you did because we had a guest in your place last week it happened to be my girlfriend and because you weren't here, us three idiots thought it would be a good idea to uh, let her pick the movie for the loser. Oh, so you lost and she assigned you a movie? Yes. And uh, she's been telling me to watch this movie. I'm just been like, nope, not interested, not interested. To be fair, when you were out the other week, uh, Sean had to... Uh, wait, Sean, did you watch that movie that Patrick assigned you? Um... No. <laughs> oh, well, then never mind. Yeah. You could have just did what Sean did and yeah, not, but he not doesn't, watch it. Yeah, but he he won't catch shit from Pat because oh, Pat true. probably won't even hear this. Plus, also, I've seen the, that movie in pieces when I was a kid. All right. Well, Tappy assigned me a movie. It's called The Babadook. You guys familiar with this movie? Yeah, I really like Babadook. So, it's... uh. The synopsis for Babadook is, or The Babadook, is a widowed mother plagued by the violent death of her husband battles with her son's fear of a monster lurking in the house, but soon discovers a sinister presence all around her. Uh, this is um, starring... Uh, so it's written and directed by Jennifer Kent, starring uh, Essie Davis, Noah Wiseman, Daniel Henshaw, Haley McKellany. That's pretty much it. Mostly... Uh, you're with the mother and the son almost entirely in the movie. Um, this is a horror movie. Obviously, you can tell from the synopsis. Um, this movie got a lot of praise for... Uh, I don't know. Why did it get a lot of praise? Is it... Like, what... I don't know. What specifically were they saying about it? But um, I just think... Uh, I don't know. Great horror films are 
kind of rare these days. And so every time there's, there's like a big one, there's a lot of buzz about it. Okay. I think, that, I think that's it. Um, so Sean warned me that the kid would be ridiculously annoying and, and hard to watch. And he was, he was kind of right on that. Um, this kid made me want to curb stomp him. Makes you not want to have a kid ever. Yeah, that too. But I mean, obviously, you know, it's a roll of the dice. You know, this kid's obviously on the spectrum. Can you say that nowadays? What? Spectrum? Yeah. I mean, I guess. <laughs> I don't see why not. This kid's definitely on the spectrum. So you have to have a little compassion there. It's like, you obviously just can't ditch the kid because he's, you know, he's got problems. You know, he's obviously not doing this because he's a little brat. He's clearly got some issues. And, uh,. Overall, um, the movie kind of falls them around this house and her coping with the loss of her husband, and and uh, she just can't handle this fucking kid. Uh, there's like a scene where he's just in the back seat kicking the back of her seat while she's driving, and she just can't deal with it. She snaps on the kid a lot, very unhealthy. She'll be like, why do you talk so fucking much? Do you ever just stop talking and shut the fuck up? You know, like stuff like that. Stuff you want to say, too, because you're getting annoyed by them just watching the movie. Um, overall, I think it's a decent horror movie. I can't say that I enjoyed it that much or, like, I don't know. It doesn't, when I think of, like, horror movies that I really, really love in the last few years, this doesn't really meet with those, that makes sense. Uh, like, It Follows or The Witch or um, even Hereditary a couple months ago. Um, this movie's more simple, and I don't know, I just think the, uh, the scare elements were, were a little dry for me. Like, I didn't really feel scared at all. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I agree with, I, I understand, I, I don't know if I agree, but I, I would say, like, a lot of your statements I, I understand, like, completely. It's not a, I don't think it's a conventional horror film by any means. And, and like, the elements, it, it, honestly, the trailer. It seemed a little conventional to me. Really? I don't know. I mean, creepy thing in the house. I think it leaned more towards the story of I, her coping with... I think that's why I liked it a lot more, though, because it gave you... I don't know. It just... I think it, it just was able to put you in her position, like, everything that was happening yeah. with her and, like, her struggle. And I think it tied well with the, the Babadook and, like, what its, purpo- its purpose is. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed watching this the first time around, but I do agree that it doesn't have like traditional, like horror moments in that sense. Yeah, where it's just but, like but no it jump also scares and it's not. I mean, it has like a little bit, but it, it also I don't know. The scares just don't seem creepy enough for me. Yeah, I just I don't know. Can't say that I was that amused or intrigued by the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I kind of want to cut the reviewer right there just so I could talk about one more. Okay. Um. I'd give this movie a three stars. I don't know. I kind of hope with all the talks I've heard about it, uh, I'd like it a little so bit more. So you hated it? I did not hate it. It was it was a decent horror movie. Like anytime a horror movie is like good acting and it's not disgustingly tropey and corny, I, I I'm okay with it. But it's not until they like elevate something like like Hereditary just did some extremely creepy shit that really fucking haunted me. And this movie, it was more. Uh, sophomoric in the scare department but it could have been what they're going for Ooh, okay anyways that's not important though yeah that's an old movie that's like decades ago when you think about all the shit we're getting now so i went and saw a little movie called the meg 
Yeah. Get some nice relevant uh, information for people listening in the podcast. Do, yeah. I mean, do they really need this information? Everyone's got to hear about the Meg. All right, you've seen the trailers. You've seen Jason Statham. The Meg is uh, directed by John Turtletaub. Uh, we have uh, Jason Statham in this. Bing Bing Lee. <laughs> how old are you? Five? <laughs> are you five? <laughs> I mean, that's how it's spelled. Bing Bing. I swear to God. <laughs> how else would you pronounce it? I've, I've, I've heard Chinese. Before. I would. I would just say Bing Bing and not laugh afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> you can only laugh if you're Asian. I couldn't help it, man. Right. You're right. Continue. Um. Rain Wilson's in this as well as Cliff Curtis. Um, sorry, Ruby, Ruby Rose is in this as sorry well. Sorry to cut you off, but I remember like my first class in college, the professor said my name and she laughed right afterwards. Oh, really? And I walked out. <laughs> I think I think you've said this on the podcast. I remember Maybe. that story. All right. So after escaping an attack by what claims what he claims is a seventy foot shark, Jonas Taylor must confront his fears to save those trapped in a sunken What's submersible. His name? The lead, that's the lead's name, Jonas Taylor. Jonas Taylor, which is weird because he's like, it's more of an ensemble thing, and they make it sound like he's the main character, but, but they're, just, they're selling it with Jason Statham as the, the poster boy here. Action hero. All right. <clears throat> what do you guys, what would you expect this movie to be like? A surprise, like, you know, no. thrilling blockbuster? No, I know exactly or, what it is. I think it, I think it is self-aware, and I think it aims to be self-aware. The marketing definitely makes it look like that. Yeah. yeah. But I think um, overall, it's probably still it's kind of a shitty movie. The the studios wanted uh, Eli Roth to do it, so you you can understand what they're trying to go for initially. Yeah. Yeah, but they uh, they missed the mark on that with the PG thirteen rating. It seems. Um, all right, so it's PG thirteen. So that gives you less humor right off the bat. So their ability to be self aware is limited by that. I think. And uh, the movie kind of feels self-aware, but it also, I don't know, man. It feels pretty uh, half and half to me. Like, this is one of the worst screenings I've ever been in. One of the worst audiences I've ever been in. They were fucking thrilled. I mean, this was like the funniest movie they've ever seen. The fucking most thrilling movie they've ever seen. And I just, I was sitting in my chair like I felt like sick to my stomach. Violently ill, just Dude, watching. This. I was just like, "Why the fuck is everyone laughing?" Please, God, tell me. Am I missing something? Dude, I I don't know what it is, man. It's just like it's like people. I I, I know what it is. They just don't watch good movies, I guess. But <laughs> Jesus fuck, got it. You gotta set the bar somewhere, and it can't be there. So this movie is extremely fucking poorly written. The dialogue is just. It makes me want to fucking vomit. I was sinking in my seat just like, I don't know if I made the right choice. Uh, the reason I didn't turn back and walk out is because I walked three miles to see it. I was trying to get some exercise, so I walked uh, very far just to see a movie. I love the commitment. You're like, I'm, I'm sick of this. The movie pass didn't work when I got there, so I paid out of my pocket. Just like, what? Yeah, it was bullshit. I, I, le- <laughs> I left my house. It was available on the app. Got there. It was gone. Nothing nearby i could check into so what i did was check into an e-ticket movie in in chelsea so that they still got had to pay a movie so if you're ever out of, out of principle ever, yeah if you ever want to like fuck movie pass over if they don't work just check into an e-ticket movie make them pay the money anyway and then go see the movie on your own dime um 
The movie pass is all. You, you, yeah, dude. You, this is can, a, it's can, a hot topic. We could do for a you. bonus episode about this. Is a this hot shit. topic for you. But anyways, the Meg has a couple. All right, so I'll say this: the CGI is pretty good in this for some reason. Like they they must have just piled all the money they could into that and just got the worst screenwriter ever to write it. And then, or focus. maybe they're just like there's like they read it and they're like the first draft. First draft's good enough. <laughs> just put it in the press voice. Um, so. So real quick, just to reveal to you what goes on here, they find they go to the Mariana Trench, right, the deepest part of the ocean, um, and they claim someone has this theory that no, that's not a floor. There's actually like a cloud-like substance there, and you we can penetrate it and find the actual deepest part of the ocean. They, um, <clears throat> this movie makes no fucking sense because when you get down that deep, the animals have distinct futures, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have electric, yeah. electric bio, bio yeah. luminescence. Illuminance. Yeah. So why the fuck would a shark be living down there? Oh, just a conventional shark. That's why he's not special. I mean, he's just a big shark. He's just big. Yeah. But so like, he doesn't he adi- have the he, tools, but he's, I thought he was a megalodon. Like he's supposed to be a prehistoric shark. Yeah, he is, but he's just a big shark. Like, That's it. There's nothing that he's not bio. So he didn't like adapt to his environment. No. So he. Oh, okay. None of the science makes any fucking sense. It's like uh, anaconda. Same. Concept. Yes. If I get this is even worse. I think. Um, Which one, blood orchid or the other one? Well, the first one. I've seen both. So. Yeah, blood orchid's <laughs> the they, sequel. And they're they're saying that when they rescue, so they go down there, right? They get stuck and trapped. Jason Statham rescues them, but then when they come out, they leave a hole. In the cloud, the megalodon escapes. Go back. I'm so confused. So they go down the trench, and then they find a cloud. What do you mean a cloud? Oh, I just said that they, what scientists believe to be the bottom, the deepest just wait, surface, just, and they left a hole in the cloud. There's like a like a gas like substance there, not a, a solid. So they penetrate it, go into this new unexplored part of the ocean. When they come out, the hole's still there, and escape, the the shark escapes but they're through the like, hole. But they're like what? Yay big! They can't. I be- mean, they're. In, I I would say they're submarines. Like all three of them that went down, they were big enough to create one big hole. I don't know. The science okay. is not good on this. There, Rain Wilson's. He's like this uh, fucking Elon Musk type guy who's like funding all this shit, but he's like actually kind of like an idiot and an asshole. Um, and then, uh, he's got some snarky remarks in the movie, but they're not good. And then, <laughs> and then there's a scene where Jason Statham is trying to, I'm giving this away. I don't care. Spoilers. <clears throat> Spoil. If you really give a shit about this tiny action scene, um, just skip, uh, like 30 seconds on your podcast app, 45 seconds. So Jason Statham, he has to shoot a tracker into the thing's fin, so he, and the only way that, to do it quietly is to swim because the boat makes too much vibration. He swims out there, shoots it. The thing sees him. He grabs onto a rope, and the and the uh, the the boat is pulling Jason Statham at sixty miles an hour. The shark goes, jumps up to bite him. Jason Statham whips it in the air, and the shark misses his foot by an inch. And the theater jumped up in the air. The whole theater just went fucking ballistic. And then they clapped and cheered, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening right now?" Um, there's some good like scenes like that that are okay to watch, but the movie as a whole was just pretty bad. And uh, I think the CGI is good. 
I think there was potential here to make a, a shitty, fun blockbuster. But it's kind of on, on par with Skyscraper, I think. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is funded by the same company. Yeah, I believe it is. Uh, I forgot, I think the Hong, Hong Brothers. Yeah, it's uh, about the same amount of corny dialogue. And um, I hate to assume this, but I'm pretty sure they've been also the perpetrators of uh, a couple other bad 2017 releases. So they've been coming up. Yeah. They've been pumping them out. This movie's not nearly as comically bad as you'd hope. Um, yeah. It's not good, but I don't regret it. What's your star on this? I'd give it a two, to be honest. <laughs> what did you give uh, Skyscraper? <laughs> two or two and a half. Dude, you love these fucking movies, and man. And you were trying to advocate this movie two yeah. weeks ago. <laughs> this one had great ad campaign behind it. Uh-huh. I would have, I would have been really mad at you if you if we would have went to go see this. I shit. agree. I, now I, I'm looking back on the. Uh, it's funny. I was I'm, pretty I much a, out when I heard that Eli Roth was not involved anymore, because like he would have given it a certain edge that make that would make it work. Right, right. It would have made a really ridiculous. He could have got it up to a three star movie for sure. That's pretty much the maximum potential of this movie. <laughs> No matter that's, how that's you, the five star equivalent. Yeah, like five th- this star. movie doesn't exist on a one to five scale, so two's not bad. That's it for me. I rewatched or I finished Infomaniac. If you're wondering, did not help. Yeah, Don't like the series. Yeah, it's not for and, everyone. Ending is just comically bad. There's like one, the only scene I enjoyed in the entire series was the family scene where she's got the three kids to come see her daddy. Uh, yeah. But the whole ending, I just I just don't get why that decision was made. But yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Anybody else want to uh, talk about some some pictures? Uh, I guess I can talk. Do it. What did you see, Steve? What did you rewatch? <laughs> I rewatched uh, Money Talks. Money Talks. Did you really? <laughs> Dude. No, I didn't rewatch uh. that. <laughs> I love that movie. No, Wait, I, I didn't. Why this, did you bring that up? No, it's because you always say what I would rewatch. And I, for some reason, I that's what you pop, popped in your head. It was either that or Rush Hour. It was like, a, what are, this one of those movie movies? It's a random pick, but I love that movie. Yeah, I, 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 that's the thing. I rewatch Rush Hour every <laughs> so often. I rewatch Money Talks. It's like a certain group of movies I have to revisit. But uh, when I end up that watching. fucking intro. I'm sorry. When he was singing Barry White. That's just the best fucking intro to any movie ever. The, the best scene, the part scene I lo- in the prison. The prison was the best part <laughs> yeah. because he's like, well, he held like this. Phase on load, he like, yeah. How do you hold you? And he's like, like hold this. <laughs> no, like this. <laughs> he's like, hey. God bless Chris Tucker. Damn, that's great. Maybe I should rewatch it. Uh, no, I want, end up watching this one small picture called uh, First Reformed. Uh, your boys, uh, Sean and Harvey, already talked about this movie, and I feel like to a great extent, and uh, I feel like. I feel like a lot of my sentiments uh, uh, hold true to what they said. Uh, not so much what Sean said about not liking the ending. I think I actually like the ending a lot. Uh, I think it just kind of like wraps it up perfectly for me. Uh, so just to give you a little bit more information, if you haven't heard, this will be the third time and hopefully the fourth time when Tom decides to uh, watch this picture. Yeah, I guess that sucks. So I didn't watch it, so I meant to, but we're going to be staggering these out. I don't know. Yeah. So First Reform, directed by Paul Schrader, uh, is a story of a pastor in a small church in upstate New York who starts to spiral out of control after a soul-shaking encounter with an unstable environmental activist and his pregnant wife. Uh, that, I think it's a perfect way of describing the movie. It's It's about... It starts off simple enough. It's about a pastor in a small town who 
basically he's kind of given this little this basically museum of sorts it's it's not a real responsibility it's just something to kind of keep him out the way and keep him busy and he is kind of called upon by this couple to actually you know provide some change and provide some help and through this like small encounter with them he he kind of he, he finds purpose he finds he finds his purpose again in life and uh, the story continues on from there i feel like i feel like a lot of the elements to talk about uh, especially in the story i feel like it's spoiling a bit just because i feel like it's it's best to discover it on your own and kind of experience this uh i would say this is ethan Haw's like best performance i've seen in, in so fucking long it's so it's so great i've it's almost as if you kind of forget and i think that's the best part of uh when an actor actually performs and you kind of forget that you know you forget they're they're not playing a role i love that guy and it's just like it it, it felt so genuine and uh and amanda seafried's in this as well and she does a stellar performance uh cedric kyles he's not going by cedric the entertainer in this movie it's oh, cedric really? kyles. yeah well, he just choose which movies he uses that. I think I well, I think it entertainers when he's doing more comedic stuff, is it, and this I, is like so grounded. I when, oh. I, when I saw the, I don't know when I saw the movie, I remember it saying Cedric the Entertainer in the credits. This one says Cedric. Oh, Kyle's, let, uh, let me just Cedric. say real quick, I got my hands on a piece of contraband, starring I think Cedric the Entertainer's in it. Oh, really? Uh, I need to know. I gotta watch the Louis C.K. movie. Oh really? Yeah, I I found a pirated copy yeah, of it. We, we need to, we need to come back to that then when you watch it because I yeah, want to hear this whole I, I mean, this I, trying story of how you got a copy of. Uh, I want to see what it what it's like and and how creepy it is and like why the studio like I mean I know why they decided not to but I want to see how much work went into it to know that they just threw it in the trash. You're like, oh, fuck but anyways, uh, no, this is hands down. I haven't felt uh, emotionally impacted in a film in a very long time. Uh, there's one. I, I would. I remember the actual mark of the mill. It was. I would say it was like an hour and like hour and five, where I just had to stop for a second and just like take five seconds to kind of like digest everything that's happening. And like, and, and I don't know. I've never felt that way in a movie in a long time. So this this movie just. I don't know. It really, really did something for me. And it's it's weird to say because I wasn't expecting it. You know. And and from the trailers and from the information that people have been giving me is so vague. I'm thinking like I don't know if I'm gonna feel yeah, like that. yeah. I mean, it's like I, even Harvey talking about it in great detail. I still don't get it. Like I still don't understand what the movie's about. But yeah, but I, I, I feel exciting. like I feel like Letterbox did it perfect. Like that's exactly what happens in the movie. And then from there it becomes something more. And 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 a comparison to Taxi Driver is a great example of what they're talking about. And it, it reaches this like this. This boiling point. Yeah, I'm trying to imagine film. Taxi Driver though with a pastor, and it's just it's hard. It's so <laughs> fucking good, and it's just yeah. so. It's so. Oh my god, the or dialogue and the story. He's a, or a, pa- he's a pastor. The fuck's the difference? Uh, yeah, I think there is a difference. I know there is, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of fucking satanic children we were. Yeah. Uh no, and I think the best part is just it. It made me like kind of just like like look at myself and look at just like the world around. It's a very fucking deep movie. It's it really just like really just kind of hits home and just makes you really just kind of reflect on oneself and just like, oh man, like it's like what are we doing? <laughs> what is what is ooh, the point? It's well, actually like that. It's, like it's, that. it's a I don't know. I, I felt a lot scared. in this film. It's it's hard to describe without ruining just the plot and just like the story beats. 
So uh, if since it is online now, I highly recommend you uh, give it a shot. I don't don't miss it. I think it's one of the best of the year, easily for me. Hmm. So if you have a shot, uh, if you have a chance to see it, go. Like don't even don't even second guess it. I will. I will grab it off Amazon. Please do. <laughs> um, uh, I gave speak. it a heart. I gave it a heart. So so five stars. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. I'm nervous. All right. Anything else? No. Speechless. Oh, I was asking Steve. you, Steve. Oh yeah. No. You haven't. No. Okay. Oh, I thought you were just talking to everyone in general. Like, no, nah. no, no. Oh shit! I watched another movie, <laughs> but I won't talk about. It. I watched Wally. It's great. I like it a lot. I you gave like it four it a stars. Lot. You never seen it? No, I never seen Wally. Damn. First half is incredible. Second half, not so much, but still a great movie. Uh, I've never watched Wally that's either. The, so that's the like most. Whatever. Never. Shit. The first act, if if the whole movie <laughs> st- Man, started like th- if the whole movie went like that, I would have gave Just it like a six six stars. Yeah, dude, it was fucking incredible. But uh, yeah, what about you, Sean? What'd you watch? I watched uh, Tag. <laughs> oh, finally got to it. Yeah, finally, someone got to. I wanted one. something lighthearted, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Tag, um, we all know what it's about. It's about four friends who have been playing Tag since they were nine years old, I believe. And the whole concept and idea behind it is so they don't lose touch of each other. So, they they have to uh, stick stick around and go after each other. And they play Tag once a year, every May. And they have a friend played by Jeremy Renner who's never been Tag. He's never been it. And he's kind of like the badass of their group. Uh, the film tries to get to a point to where like Jeremy Renner's character was n- is not really their best friend, just because th- since they've never actually tagged him, they were never really close. So it was always the three against him their whole life. But the I think that's the fault of the film because they never actually get back around to like them as friends or like just even having a conversation about why it is that way. Uh, there's some really good comedic beats with uh Jake Johnson. Um, Ed Helms, uh, he carries the film for the most part, and also, um, I, I saw Fisher's in there. She's pretty funny. Uh, it's just uh, run the mill, run in the mill. It's Comedy. not great. It'll get you a couple laughs here and there. The ending is really bad. Uh, I'm the it goes in a weird, weird direction that just like it's just a curveball that I was very confused at. Still at. And uh, I did find out something at the end of the movie because they played some um, B-roll stuff from uh, real footage. And it's based on a true story. Did you guys know this? Yeah. I yeah, did I heard know about this. I didn't know this. Because there's a girl who reviewed it on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't know how to talk about this, guys. But anyways, my dad is one of the guys this is based on. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. And here's my review. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Um, I would actually like to see some more on their real life. It would be kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I couldn't give it more than like a two star. It's a two star comedy for me. How was my boy Hannibal? Uh, they gave him the worst lines. Really? Yeah, they they gave him like the worst lines. He even looked like he didn't enjoy himself in this movie, and I think that shines through. And it's awful to watch that. He there's a scene where um, he has like the most dialogue out of his uh character in this one section, and it just sounds so rehearsed, and it doesn't really sound like it's him. I feel like he, he would have been better if they gave him no lines and he just inject his jokes whenever he pleased. Yeah. And it was a weird... It was, I think I'd like that the movie has a weird cast in. Like, you have Jeremy Renner, who's kind of like the B character. Ed Helms, it has um, Helmerverse, Jake Johnson, which is weird. I've never seen those guys come together before. 
Um, but yeah, two star for me. Yeah, I think it's really weird that uh, John Hamm is in it. Yeah, him as well. It has some um, Rashida Jones is in there as well. And uh, yeah, that's it. Oh. Nothing else? I was uh, kind of hoping it would uh, be funnier. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not. But it's, I mean, if you, it's one of those movies you throw on just to have on. Okay. And you'll see, like, you'll, like, just, you'll hear, like, like the familiar voices that you've been hearing in the I like, last 10 I years I like a lot so. of those actors on that uh, uh, that you've listed. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Um, I don't have notes for this other movie, but I'll just give my some, some raw thoughts here. I watched a movie called Dark Song. Which you could catch on Netflix. Oh, I wanted to see this. So, yeah, I wanted to see this movie because I've been hearing really good things about it. It had like a 91 rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And it stars somebody who uh, I enjoy. Uh, that is, what's his name? Steve Oren, who was uh, the lead character in Sightseers, Ben Wheatley's movie. Um, and he plays uh, basically an occultist who is hired by Catherine Walker to for some unknown reason as to why she wants to conjure up the dead and she purchases this house just for this uh for the sake of the ritual and uh she's following instructions by steve oren like uh, his character in the movie's name is joseph solomon and i think the movie builds on paranoia from her because uh she, she's not sure if this guy is for real she hired this guy but he was uh he was initially against the idea of this ritual even though he's done it three times, one successful, and the other two, it failed. And he's kind of like giving her the ringer of these rituals that he has to put her through. Um, one of them is to... Uh, this is where the movie is trying to divide the, her character and the audience to believe whether he's um, fucking with her or not. And there's a part in the movie where he's basically jacking off and he's telling her to bend over. And like basically like bend over and like look at him while he jacks off naked, and she's naked as well. And she's like, "Is this part of the ritual?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's part of the ritual." <laughs> Dude. And the movie plays on really? that note for uh, for pretty much up until like the the climax in the end. Um, there it it does have some very uh, original um, haunts, and also the character of her is uh, pretty interesting as well, just because. Uh, you're in her shoe the whole movie. You're paranoid as well, but uh, the movie falls falls apart towards the end. Uh, there's a decision that she makes that uh, I don't really, I can't really get behind, and it's kind of doesn't make sense for her character. Um, I give it a two and a half out of five. Mm, that's a bummer because I saw the trailer for this and I was just like, this looks super uh, yeah, intriguing. Same. I watched the trailer. I was like, oh, this, this is gonna be a gem. I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love finding those like random just simple like horror mm-hmm. films and, yeah. but uh it's worth it's worth a, a, a shot watch. yeah it's worth a watch maybe somebody else have a different opinion yeah. but i think the ending bugged me so much that i, I don't know it's, it's, it's a taste in my mouth throw it out the window. <laughs> yeah um and i also rewatched 13 ghost <laughs> oh how is that after because all this time i, I had a I, you know, I watched the movie a lot as a kid yeah, yeah. i did as well that's I why i feel like it's like first like your experience watching a horror because i feel like a lot of but, people my age when i when i came out like everyone was watching this yeah fucking movie. when i was a kid i was like damn this shit's fucking terrifying uh those moments are still in the movie like the all those uh ghosts they still haunt me but the movie's horribly written <laughs> it, it, it it has a scene where one of the characters play the uncle Tony Shalhoub's uncle, he sends him a tape and he's like, if you're watching this, I'm dead. 
I'm like, what is this? A Batman movie? <laughs> That's uh, why he gave a, a tape. So yeah. was he okay? So he's watching. So he it? passes away, and in the tape, he's like, uh, "I'm sorry, I didn't get to know you. I wish uh, if that was one, my biggest regret, not getting to know my nephew, which is Tony Shalhoub." But the thing is, like, he's not dead yet. He made this tape like in case he dies. He still had time. Yeah. Like, he didn't know he was gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> like he could have like gone out to reach out, reach out to him at any moment. Yeah. After that tape, or even before, don't even make the tape. Just <laughs> go reach out. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of weird shit in this movie that doesn't make, doesn't add up at all, especially with uh, Matthew Lillard's character. Um, but yeah, it's kind of horseshit actually. If we watch it now, it's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah. So those are my three this week. I don't know why, but the like I feel like I don't know. I need to rewatch this shit. It's been like do you since remember I, do you remember the ghost like, that's uh, naked and she has like giant boobs? Yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I just realized, or I didn't realize that I found out again that they're fake. Like yeah. it's the whole body yeah. thing is a. Uh, like a prop. It's yeah, a suit. Yeah, yeah. Completely fake. Yeah. Which is weird. I, as a child, I was like, damn, these things are real. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, it for me. Oh, good shit. Yeah. Just like, did you give it a heart? Um, I didn't rate it. I mean, <laughs> I would you I, give it a heart? No. I would probably give it a one and a half. Oh. So like a little, a little shit? Yeah. Trash. A little horse Crazy. turd coming out of a horse butt. <laughs> a little Style pellet. It's gross. Um, You're all sick. I watched some things. I think both of them have been talked about, probably by Sean on a podcast. So um, I'll try to keep it short, I guess. Um, I watched a movie called uh, The Ritual. It's on uh, Netflix. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, did, you talked about this on the podcast, right, Sean? Yes. Oh, you talked about the other one. Okay. It's um, It's a horror film. It's a British horror film directed by uh, David Bruckner. I think it's also um, executive produced by um, Andy Serkis, which is interesting. Um, but it stars uh, Rafe Spall. He's probably the only person I recognize, actually. Uh, you would know him from uh, several uh, Edgar Wright films. He works with him pretty frequently. He was also in the recent Jurassic World. Oh, yeah, he was. Um, yeah, so I think this is like the first like a uh, horror film I've seen him in. Probably the first movie I've seen him uh, lead actually. So, yeah, um, he was the lead in that one movie. Um, I give it a year. You ever I seen that? I don't think I saw that one. With him and all, um, I think it was. Uh, uh, I can't remember. It was like a rom com. Yeah, it was a rom com about two people who were who got married. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, anyway. Here's a synopsis. Uh, reuniting after the tragic death of a friend, four college pals set out to hike across the uh, Scandinavian wilderness. A wrong turn leads them into a mysterious forest, a forest of Norse legend, where an ancient evil exists and stalks, stalks them at every turn. Um, this movie has some like some beautiful landscapes in it, some really beautiful shots. I thought the cinematography was pretty solid for the most part. Um, there's some uh, times where like the action and um, tension kind of ratchets up and the camera angles get really weird and um they're not really accommodating to like that um i don't know presenting horror in a in an effective way but as far as like uh just huge wide open landscapes and um just sort of uh shots of them traveling it it looks really really beautiful um the story itself is actually really and it seems really cliche but i i really like uh, movies about like norse legend and uh like Norse demons and uh, old fucking old gods, yeah, like su- supernatural shit. Like I that. feel like we don't get that much though. I don't know if I've never really seen it yeah. in cinema. So. I, don't, I don't see it a lot 
either, but it usually comes from like Scandinavian films and shit like that. Um, What's that one that we watch? Yeah, I was just What's trying one? to think. There's one we watch and I can't remember. What, for the podcast? Yeah, I think so. Well, I was talking about one uh, Harvey and I watched a couple of years ago with the creatures in the woods and the families in the cabin. Yeah, yeah, I remember that one. Like something when it says I. Yeah. What the fuck was that? Yeah. I was thinking of something else, like oh. something that Nordic was about Nordic stuff. But anyways, Thor. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think it was Thor. It was like it was like um, it was relative, but like it was like metaphoric, but not. I don't know. I need to find out all these. I have no idea, dude. But sorry. Um, yeah. So these guys decided to go camping. Um, Rafe Swall's character, Luke. He um, he witnesses like the tragic death of his friend. Um, I, I guess I won't really tell you the circumstances because that could potentially affect you know, how you see the movie but um yeah uh he feels some guilt about that uh about his friend dying and uh his friend always talked about going to like the scandinavian wilderness to go hiking and clear the heads and stuff as like a as a group of friends um because they were all kind of uh moving forward with their lives and stuff so they thought it'd be a good opportunity i think we should all go yeah. hang- hiking as a group of friends as well maybe um but uh he died and so they decided to go and uh Sort of in his memory. Um, but they decided to take a fucking shortcut. The Hollow. Yeah, I remember <laughs> so The Hollow I now. Yeah, that movie's, I think that was real bad. I remember. Um, and so they decided to take a shortcut to the uh, lodge in which they'll be staying. But obviously that was a mistake because you never take fucking shortcuts uh, when you're in a horror movie. Um, if, it, if it was a good route, it'd be called The Route and not a shortcut. Am I right? Uh, but yeah. <laughs> sure I think they actually say that in the movie but yeah um, obviously uh, trouble ensues they end up uh, getting a bit disoriented in the forest because of all this mystic Nordic shit happening um, they see like a body or carcass of a animal I think it was like an elk and it was like flayed open and like carcass was like spread open and then they realize that they're um, they're in uh, trouble they find a random cabin and uh, all of them have like this sort of shared experience where they freak out, and one of them's like praying to this weird deity uh, sculpture that they've found in the house. Like they made a make a bunch of like dumb decisions, and um, that I mean, you expect that from mm. a horror movie, but I expected this one to be a little bit more, a little smarter about that, and uh, that really bothered me. Um, I think that the death of their friend was used in a really interesting way, especially like its toll and how. It affected the main character, Luke. Um, I thought that was very different. And the editing choices, like the editing of this, has really done really well with him, like his psychological moments and his dreamlike moments. Kind of um, like uh, they're like a blending the like the past of that accident with like uh, the events that are happening in the woods, and they find like this common like parallel between the two. I think that I think that's done really really interesting. But um, overall. I think it's uh, not as smart as I liked it to be. I think that um, the creature was pretty pretty freaky and pretty weird overall. But um, I think they used it in a pretty ineffective way. You know what I think would have made a better film? Uh-huh. If uh, that whole third act of him at the compound. Right. Uh, I think that if he was just a person that was trapped there for the whole movie. And he has to like investigate and find out what the fuck this place is. I think that could have been 
the movie. I think that could have been better, right? Because once it once they get to that cabin at the end, things happen very quickly. Yeah, especially that. I like that scene where he goes up and it's just the people, the the people, the dead people, basically watching. Yeah, you get a lot of information in that third act really quickly, but you don't you don't get enough to actually like try to formulate an idea of what's happening or what's yeah. going on. I need to watch. And, and you only see the creature anything. in the third act. What's up? You you really only see the creature as a whole in the third act. Yeah, that's true. The movie it's divided by like them uh stuck in the woods and and the surreal experience of them trying to like find their way out. And then the third act is like a creature film. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. It it did have some that creature was weird especially really up close cuz he has like these fucking faint eyes in the back of it and then it has like these baby arms coming out of it. But it's like a huge fucking like centaur or something. It's weird as fuck. Um, yeah, overall, I'd probably give it. Kind of want to watch it now. A three out of five, a light three out of five. This is this uh, piqued my interest. I'm kind of interested. I'm kind of. I need to watch it. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of problems with it, but overall, it's not shit. Um, it it's it has some really interesting things in it. Um, Horror is hard to do, man. Yeah, it's it's not easy. Yeah, that's true. I watched another like uh, vaguely horror film. Um, I watched The Endless. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, directed by Justin Benson and uh, Aaron Moorhead. Um, I really like Spring. We talk about Spring all the time, um, so I couldn't uh, miss this one. Sean talked about it in pretty great detail, so I won't go I won't go real deep with it. Uh, but yeah, it's basically about two brothers that uh, receive a video from a um, UFO death cult that they used to be in, and it's basically saying that they're I don't know. They're reaching their fucking third ascension or whatever, and it basically that that, that basically <laughs> oh, means said it, they're fucking reaching some shit. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's it. I think they say they're gonna reach their third ascension, and that yeah, that means they're gonna die. They're gonna kill themselves. So they decide nice. to take a trip to their old UFO death cult and um, just get a I don't know, just spend some time because one of the brothers he's been having like a really a weekend di- getaway. Yeah, if we can just get away at a do you cult. Think, you think we should add a person in our group that used to be a part of a UFO death cult? Because I feel like they'll no, add no. a lot of just interesting conversations. Yeah, in that regard, we're yeah. lacking diversity, you know? Yeah, well, we, none of us have been a part of a cult. So. These were actually nice guys. Maybe it's good for them. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Harvey. Yeah, the cult, <laughs> yeah, the cult seems really nice. Um, yeah. But, yeah. I feel like I would get wooded. <laughs> what? I would get wooed in by the uh, yeah probably like, the leaders. There's, there's yeah, like free right. beer and stuff yeah. all the time. Just like what? They're just hanging. The flannel out. wearing guys cool. Yeah, they're just hanging out by just fires, like... telling the stories and singing songs and shit. No, I kind of want to join this group. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. After the brothers get there, they realize that um a lot of the things they thought was bullshit probably wasn't bullshit. They start seeing weird things. They start hearing things. Weird occurrences start happening. Um, did you talk about the time shit? Yeah, you know what I was just you're saying, but what I just remembered that really haunted me, even though it's not, I don't think it was meant for horror, is the the first scene when the the older brother start like thinking like what the fuck is going on when they're pulling the strange shit in the woods and he's trying to explain it with yeah. the rope. That was weird. It seemed like they were trying to like pull like the world down or some shit. Yeah, that was interesting. Um, this this step this movie definitely gives off like Lovecraftian. Yeah. Like horror elements and I mean that's honest I love that kind of shit because I feel like we don't get it enough it's, in recent years yeah. so that's pretty cool it gives off that vibe mm-hmm. it's um it's, it's written very fucking well it's um it's really smart and it 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 tells a, a story but from a really fucking different angle um you don't have like this all up in your face like a like UFO or alien uh 
horror movie, you have like an interesting movie that tells a story from like the from the perspective of the cult and what if they aren't crazy what if they're actually experiencing things that experiencing some things that other people aren't experiencing and um yeah did you talk about the time shit i don't remember you talking about it is that a spoiler i think if if you think it's a spoiler it probably is a spoiler and i kind of want to watch this well i didn't say what was going on i I said they're playing with time and loops yeah yeah there is there is that going on um which is in the trailer by the way yeah I, i feel like i shouldn't say anything else but i think that this movie is written very well. I think the characters are um, are, are written in an interesting way. Um, you can really believe that these boys were in a uh, death cult at some point in their lives. They're so they're so strange and they're so gullible at the same time. So it sort of makes the the the, the story progress and it makes it work. They can't really survive in a normal society, and you also get a, a real sense of that. Um, but I think like the the sci-fi elements in this movie are are especially great. Um, I like the premise um, itself, um, and this movie was made for like no fucking money at all. And it's so isn't it great it's, when you see that? It's it's so good at, at at what it is at being what it is. But like we were talking about earlier in the week, you were saying how strange it is it is that they didn't receive a big budget because of spring. Yeah, yeah. Spring was amazing. Yeah, Spring I, was, I would say near perfect movie for me. But you also have to think it probably just didn't do. I don't think critically it's not the issue, but it probably just did, it's one of those movies that went under the radar. Even so, I think Spring blew up. It was a sleeper hit from what I remember. Yeah. But uh, the thing is that this movie, they these guys are in the movie. They're playing the lead characters. They're the directors. They're also directing. So that must have heavily cut their budget. Yeah, you probably. Know. And like Aaron Moore, the the, the one who plays the younger brother, I'm pretty sure he edited this one too. Yeah, he might they, have shot they, it and they, edited. Yeah, they do a lot on their own movies. But uh, what's what's cool about this movie is that you don't you forget that these guys are directors of this movie. Oh, like really? they're just characters yeah. in the story, and they play brothers really well. Like you forget about everything else. The, there's one thing in the trailer that I noticed, and it's probably, I mean, obviously it doesn't really detect, uh, take away from the film at all, but, but uh, Spring was so beautifully shot. And, this and one is as well. That's That was my curiosity because I, I, like, I was looking at it and visually, it doesn't yeah. seem like it has that striking, that striking I think uh, it imagery does. It definitely as does. spring, because mm-hmm. spring yeah. just has a very distinctive look. And this I was one, just curious. This one has a very similar look. Really? Like, okay. They, yeah. they play a lot with like, uh, I don't know, ex- I've been out the fucking camera game for a while, but like the lenses they use, they're like, sort of like, they sort of distort. Uh, Ooh, I don't let's know. check. Well, everything looks washed out. What's up? Anamorphic. That's what I'm yeah, thinking, uh, anamorphic. To a, to a degree, yeah. And I think that 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 happens in uh, spring as well, mm-hmm. but yeah, it it's very um, it's disorienting, and I think it it definitely sets the atmosphere for this uh, weird cult that they're in, and, yeah. and and the area. And once you start to find out sort of what's going on, yeah, I think it works so fucking well. And even uh, as a credits roll, you're like, you're still like trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Like yeah. you can interpret the ending in many different ways. Yeah, I haven't thought about like this much about a movie after watching it in a really long time. You really start to think about like the possibilities of what is happening in this cult, and um, it's so fucking interesting to think about. And I think that's kind of a credit to their to their yeah. writing. And you the, guys want to hear story. what cameras they used? Let's hear. Uh, so they're. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, it looks what, like what, it, to be honest. What, like, one of so them is uh, yeah. One of them is uh, it's actually I'm not surprised seeing it is uh, Panasonic GH4, which is the B cam, yeah. and then the main camera was the Red Dragon. 
So if it is a GH4, this must have been shot a long time ago. It's a GH5. Because the GH GH5 is out now. Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, but the thing is, again, it's a budgetary restraint, so maybe they're like, fuck. Yeah. They maybe, maybe they already they had, had it. it. I don't. Dude, that's yeah, pretty rough, though. <laughs> that's that's a huge. The same jump. thing about lenses. They know? made this for like I'm three trying to look it up. Hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe it was a couple of years ago because the GH4 was uh was released. God, twenty. Because, like, for a couple hundred dollars more, you get, you know, a 10-bit that can actually match the red footage red with footage, the, yeah. the GH5. I'll look up some lenses. You guys keep going. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's so much of this movie that works. Um, I want to see I this. Don't, yeah, I, I, I don't want to talk too much about the story and, like, actually what's happening because I think um, watching that for yourself and um, slowly uh, understanding, like, the area and the world and the story behind it, is like the best part of best part of this movie. Um Yeah, it's a it's like a four and a half out of five for me. Woo! Steaming hot. I really, nice. really like this movie. Jesus. Alright, I'll watch it. I like Spring a lot too. Really uh really made me accept people for their flaws, you know. <laughs> Alright, cool. Anything else or you guys want to uh I'm I'm good. Alright, cool. Uh, let's move on then. Uh, we're going to be talking about this uh, new coming of age film called We the Animals. Let's take a listen to a clip. Hello. Mommy, how come you didn't answer the phone when I call you? Because you sound so ugly. Hello. Hello. What are we going to do? Come on. We could go anywhere. But I need you to tell me what to do. You're supposed to find us. Why did you find us? We got your back! Look at us. Growing up. Who will we be? Alright, we the animals. Manny, Joel, and Jonah tear through their childhood and push against the volatile love of their parents. As Manny and Joel grow into versions of their father and Ma dreams of escape. Oh, this is the first time I've had to continue to read a, a synopsis. Jonah embraces an imagined world all on his own. Uh, so this is coming at us from a uh, writer named Daniel Katrasher. Uh, and Jeremiah Zagar, who also directed this. It's based on a novel, from what I understand. Uh, starring Sheila Vand, Raul Castillo, Evan Rosado, Josiah Gabriel, and Isaiah Christian. That's pretty much it. I mean, there's a couple other supporting people, but... They're not important. Yeah, we're, we're following these um, five characters almost entirely throughout the movie. So what did you guys think about We the Animals? I thought it was good. I thought it was good. <laughs> right. I was thinking the same thing. It was good. Uh, I guess I'll jump in. Uh, Hop on in. Uh, Steve, this is pretty similar to your upbringing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so these kids appear to be uh, of Hispanic descent. Um, you sound so you, white saying that can shit. Can <laughs> you elaborate on the struggles of people who come from backgrounds such as that? Well, I can't speak of I can't speak for my own uh, my, my own background because I've definitely wasn't raised in upstate New York, 
and uh, or, or Pennsylvania. I don't know. It, it was upstate New York. Was it? Yeah. Was it with a license plate say New York? No, but it's it's. Uh, I was reading stuff on it. It's upstate New York. Meh. Meh. Okay. okay. All right. Mr. Fucking top. What is it? Coptographer? Whatever the fucking you know fucking areas on the map. Cartographer. Cartographer. There it goes. Yeah. Cartographer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Definitely. Definitely enjoyed this film. Uh, uh, I'm, I guess I'll start off off the bat with like elements I liked. Uh, I think all the characters and all the performances were really well done. Uh, coming. I guess to say, like, not not everything's 100% accurate within, or I could say relatable in my experience, but uh, from the mother and father, like, when you're looking at that perspective and their very volatile relationship, uh, it's something that I can definitely relate to growing up in, in I'm Dominican, so, uh, if you guys don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and definitely seeing that volatile, almost like love-hate, relationship i've definitely seen it not with just like my parents but also like other people's parents with it's the same universal i mean it's universal white and i've experienced the same exact shit yeah but I, I i it was just i don't know i don't know i mean i guess it's relatable to you as well if you, if you went through the same thing but actually you know i take that back it was mostly hate it was mostly hate no love and hate but because there was <laughs> just, like i'm being dead serious it's kidding. like one second one second where it's just like anger and then the other second it's like this weird awkward like intimacy it's just like what is happening i think it resonates throughout like latin culture especially especially you even see it like it sounds ridiculous but like novellas like soap operas like you see this like weird volatile relationships and there's anger and love and all this like mixed emotions and there goes my ring never to be seen again uh and i think they capture that so well in the film uh there's uh, Again, with the performances from the uh, three younger siblings, uh, Jonah, Manny, and uh, Joel, their interactions with not just each other, but like their parents, again, plays back to this thing where it's kind of relatable. Like, they're in a weird way, they're mean. Like, it's like how 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 their responses are seems so straightforward and kind of like, is like, you would actually sound like, is like, I mean, growing up, we always just ragged on each other and always just kind of like, played around that way and it wasn't never like actually meaning it but it, it was it, it's in a weird way affection like you know you you joke around and i can definitely have that relatability not with just like having brothers but having cousins uh and i come from a huge family so definitely it, it, i think this movie gets what it gets right is those relationships and those interactions uh another great element i thought as well was that disillusionment or that detachment that uh jonah our main character or narrator has throughout the film where he is he is a little bit different from everyone else he is seeing you know he's describing everything around him and he sees his older brothers and his father and like the epitome obviously his father of masculinity in the household and he sees his brothers attempting to be that way as well and him not being i think there's a line in the film where he's just like i wish i could be just as brave or just as uh courageous as they are and he's describing in the most mundane thing because they're they're in a swimming hole and he's just describing like he's like I wish it could be like that, you know because he's a little bit different he's a little bit reserved he's a little bit shy he's not as bombastic and like out out of not, I would say out of control like his brothers but in that regard uh, and I love how the way the story is presented in vignettes as well like it's just like it's capturing these little moments that are like that are important. Uh, 
I, if I'm going to say anything a little negatively, it, I felt like it did. I feel like it did drag a bit for me at one point, but when I felt that, it it slowly just kind of came around and picked back up again. Yeah. So overall, I'm very positive. Very positive. Real quick, um, can you guys tell me what happened in the first? For, let me just ask you: What happened before the the swimming hole scene? Is that the very beginning of the movie? No. Were you late? <sighs> I wasn't late. I missed all something. Right. All right, we need to clear something up. Cause he's Tom. This all right. We see Tom, right? Me and Sean are walking. We see Tom <laughs> walking out of the train station. You know I wasn't late because you know I, I was know there, you. Right? That's what I'm saying. You oh, weren't you late. What happened. You weren't late. But I'm like getting a whole bunch of messages, and I'm thinking like, why the fuck are you not? In the, why is your phone on during the movie? Well, I mean, I was, it was still early. It was a twelve twenty showing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. I thought it was like twelve o'clock, and I'm thinking like, what is happening? So tell me what happened in between that time. All right. So I get to the ticket lady. She's like, oh, we're not seeing that yet. I'm like, okay, that's weird. It's, uh, it's 15 minutes or something. I go back in five minutes. She says, okay. The girl, girl's kind of out of it. And uh, she said, theater one, the, the one on the left. I'm like, okay. I wasn't getting anything to eat or drink. Didn't look up. Uh, just saw the one and walked right in. Sat through the previews. I was like, all right, here we go. Noticed a lot of old white people around. I'm like, what, what, I mean, why do they care about these little brown kids? Um, Says every white person ever. <laughs> <laughs> Something's up, right? Movie starts. Chris O'Dowd comes on, starts talking about a fucking Ethan Hawke's char- like pop singer character. I'm, oh shit! I'm in the fucking wrong movie. You should have stayed, him. dude. <laughs> I ran out. You should have stayed and just reviewed, reviewed it. that. I'm like, wait, I don't remember that. I thought about it because I do want to see that. Uh, I was like, I've never been more embarrassed. Like, I was in the very front, so I had to walk by all the people. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm in the wrong movie. Fuck. Uh, so I, I dart over to the movie way on the other opposite end, which is not the first one on the left. So I don't know what, it was what number went on three, there. wasn't it? Uh, the middle right in front of the popcorn stand. It was the one in front of the restroom, actually. For me. Oh, okay. Oh. Um, so I walked in, and there was like some old like home videos playing, and then it like went straight to the swimming hole scene. So what did I miss? <laughs> there was a there was a some exposition from the boys, and they're like running through the woods. Uh, stealing shit from the grocery store or just running through the grocery store. They're also um, in the house playing with toys. Yeah. Uh, something is with the mother. She's uh, she's working. They're showing shots of her working at the factory. She comes home tired. They're playing with her. This, this is highly. I did not think it was that much. It it's that just uh, they're trying to express mood in the first yeah. like, 10 minutes okay, or so. Okay, right. But nothing like uh, detrimental. No, I mean, swimming hole no. scene, it definitely is the... I mean, I like, was there for point. the entire... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, That's the point, scene. I feel like, when we really start kicking in. All right, good. Because I was very worried. I, I'd never, I've i never been late me... to a movie in my life. I don't All think. right. Don't be ridiculous now. Dude, I'm serious. How, old I... is, how, how long have you been on this earth? How long have you been watching movies and you've never been late? If, if I did, it was probably when I was like a... 13 year old my friends joking around but like in in my like adult actual life. like adult life of like going to see movies <laughs> intentionally i've never been late um, you know what you're saying that was such a passion and conviction i believe you I, I hate being late i hate it i'm early for except for the podcast i don't mind being late for this <laughs> uh all right i guess since i'm already talking i'll just say my thoughts on yeah, the movie let's hear it i saw 95 percent of it um so you're gonna have the, the best take I really all right. So some things I really enjoy about this movie, um, it kind of reminds you of a little bit like 
of the Florida Project where you have this mundane uh, activities that kids do to keep themselves busy. Oh, yeah. And these kids are pretty poor uh, in comparison. Excuse me. In comparison to the kids in a Florida Project. I mean, they're living in a fucking hotel. Um, And, uh, yeah, I think there's uh, some, some, some crossover there. And I really like that. It really reminded me of certain things of being a child. What I really like is the cinematography. And um, I think it looks beautiful and the colors are beautiful. And I like how they left a lot of open space in the cinematography. So, like, when they're filming, like, a kid's head or something, they leave a lot of open space. And, like, just the whole movie just seems to um, play with the idea of a child's imagination. And it goes... Uh, even further when they they kind of uh, animate. So Jonah, he he likes to go into the bed and draw. He draws like just whatever. He doodles and draws pictures via his imagination. And uh, they come to life. And then there's other. Uh, it's the cinematography kind of matches that that imaginatory uh, kind of you know euphoria that you have as yeah. a kid, where you just like nothing's set in stone when you're a kid. You're kind of like even though you know something's not real, you're like you're imagining it and um, kind of convincing yourself otherwise. Yeah. You know, I love since we're talking about cinematography and the look of the film. I definitely love how the way it just always seemed perpetually not inherently like twilight, but it just like this. It's either this, it, it, it's just the sun, the light. Yeah, just uh, uh, it's very atmospheric. Is and yeah, I don't know what it. I don't know what it does, but it just kind of reminded me of like, you know, when you're a kid and you're always running around and you're just like, and it's, it feels like it just never ends in a weird way. Like, yeah, you felt like something about like dusk. The days, the days seem endless. You know what I mean? Yeah. It definitely felt that way when they're, when you had uh, the brothers on, on screen, you know, it right. definitely felt that right, way. Right, right. I really, really, really love the performances from the parents. Um, and just like, all the little like curveballs and like just random events that happen in these kids' lives that shape who they are, and I, I kind of went on a tangent with you guys, not on this podcast, but like either in like a group text or while drinking one. I don't know, but it's like um like people really don't uh take into account like if you have a child, like everything you do from that point on affects the child. It's mm-hmm. not you don't like whatever you teach them. In a book, like you could teach them their ABCs, you could teach them how to tie their shoes. That shit it means nothing. Yeah, making them who they are. It's it's what they see you do. Um, it just things like that that shape who they are. Yeah, and child's like, greatest ability is to, is mimicry. Yeah, and uh, and I just I think it's upsetting that you know people have children without taking that into account, and I, I realize that. Um, you know, if we all had perfect parents, we'd probably be Rocket better, scientists. better people, you know? I, well, I'm not saying anything about our parents, but, like, I just think the majority of the world just pumps kids out and, and doesn't, like, put 100% effort into making them the ideal human they should be or, you know, to contribute to society. Uh, with that said, I mean, yeah, it's the reality. People don't have a lot of money. Have children and and you know, it it shows impacts on their childhood in this in this uh, movie. Not only money, but like a very volatile love between the yeah. the mom and the dad, which has 
a very strong effect on the children and um probably future relationships there i don't know is this this is a what what are they on summer break are they in school they don't go to school because they're poor what what i didn't really catch that uh we did get an opening in the opening parts we did see them going to school uh from what i understand if 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 it's going to be correct it seems like it's summer or at least like they're out of school. Right, but there's winter scenes too. But, 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 uh, but that yeah. happens at one point. I feel like it's time right. shifts. Okay, so maybe they're just yeah, they're home for summer. Yeah, because because there there's something. I mean, visually, you can see the characters and tell that time has progressed. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm assuming it was either coming coming at the end of summer or like yeah, it's the beginning of summer when they're going through this whole transformative period in their life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of great narration by uh the is, i forgot the the young the jonah? The jonah? jonah the i forgot the actor's name though uh he has a great a lot, lot of great lines and he does a great job just narrating some of these like moments you know god i really like this yeah i'm gonna be on board with you i really really enjoy this one of the it's most it's, like uh in, like i was invested so much and like one of, the, one of the best films i've seen this year i wouldn't say best but yeah it's top still, top 10 so far for sure maybe mm-hmm. top yeah. Ooh. No, no, i don't know i don't know we'll see Ooh. a lot of shit's coming out man i just saw a trailer like waiting for juliet naked to start <laughs> uh, for with uh timothy chalamet and like steve carell beautiful boy good. yeah i was like wow looks all, pretty good i feel all, like i feel thinking like, all these trailers are cut to look good all trailers look good even timothy, bad movies have good trailers do you feel like timothy chalamet is whoring himself out at this point he's like in everything it's like hey i was a nominee and, but yeah but I feel like, I, but I'm what I'm afraid. I don't for know him if it's because he's I, doing the horn out or it's Hollywood. I don't know. Well, the thing is, that he, obviously, he's an actor, so he's looking for like opportunities to make more, like make more art. But I was just curious, just because I feel like he might play the same character. But we don't know that yet. I'm just saying he might get pigeonholed because he might. So I'm just curious. He might. I don't. Yeah. I don't disagree. I don't. I don't, don't want to put him out there though and say he is. What about Harvey Sean? You guys want to speak yeah, wanna, on? Um, on you this go movie? Harvey. Sure, I'll go. Um, <clears throat> this movie, um, it reminds me of uh, like Place Beyond the Pines a bit. Um, it's probably a strange, uh, it's probably a strange comparison, or like Florida Project, as you mentioned. Um, I think it reminds me of Place Beyond the Pines a lot because I, th- I like uh, movies that kind of deal with. Uh, like lineage and uh, family and and uh, who we are is it based on who our parents are or the experiences that we that we live through um and i think this movie is a beautiful coming of age story about that among other things um you guys mentioned that the three brothers they the three brothers they spend a, a, an incredible amount of time together obviously because they're siblings and um, they spend a ton of time playing together. And this this uh, lead character, he has very fond memories of them playing together. But um, I don't know, as life does, eventually things change. And um, we start growing into the people that we're going to be possibly for the rest of our lives. And, uh, and in this story, you can sort of see how when that change happens in this person's life and in the, and then the, in the, the relationship with his family and, uh, how it affects them and how it probably will affect them from, from here on out. Um, but yeah, the main character is, uh, 
played really well. I, I don't remember the kid's name, but I believe his name in the in the movie is Jonah, right? Yeah, Jonah is his name. Yeah, he, I think it's uh, acted really well. He's um, his performance is pretty minimal for the for like the most part, but I think he does an excellent job of uh, I don't know, appearing. He he definitely appears very differently than the other two characters. He's a much more introverted kid, and he's uh, you can tell he's very introspective. He's a lot quieter and he's a lot more imaginative. And uh, I really like the scenes with him, especially him uh, like going to retreat onto the bed after spending an entire day with his with his um, brothers and sort of doing the activities that they want to do. And uh, just being a part of that of that sort of existence. And then he goes like under the bed into his own world and he starts sort of recreating maybe things that happened during the day. And I, th- I really like those shots a lot. I especially love the animation in this movie mm-hmm. and them taking those drawings and making them into stories that sort of parallel or represent the, the, the experiences that he's uh, going through and trying to, um, you know, like contextualize or, or uh, accurately represent those or come to terms with those feelings that he's, that he's going through in those experiences and making sense of them. I, I think those are some of the best scenes in the movie. Um, I really like the editing in this movie. And also you guys mentioned how it's shot. The colors are beautiful. And the, um, I don't know, like everything in the frame is always, uh, it was always right. If that makes sense. I, we get a lot of interesting perspectives, especially of the children and how they're shot. I think they, the world always looks so much bigger compared to those kids. And I think that's probably, I think that was probably a conscious choice. I mm-hmm. think the world looks a lot more, I don't know, big and mysterious from their perspective for some mm-hmm. reason. I think probably from the angles that they shot or something like that. The colors are really beautiful too. Um, the performances from the parents are also really great. Um, I forget the guy's name, Raul. Uh, Raul? Raul Castillo. Castillo. Yeah, he was probably, um, he was definitely one of my favorite. Aside from the the main kid, he was like my second favorite character. Yeah, he's I don't know. He he seems so authentic and so fucking um, yeah, just so authentic and genuine. He seems like an actual fucking dad that that you would know, especially like a Spanish dad. And he's just uh, yeah trying to raise his kids like the best way that he knows how. Obviously, his childhood was perfect, and you can like kind of ascertain that from his character and obviously how he treats his wife and how he and uh, how he treats his family ultimately but you can tell that he's a good dude for the most part he just can't catch a fucking break and i think that uh performance was really really well done he has i think he has one of the best moments in the movie for me when when in the the truck truck. yeah Yeah, that was that was a very moving moment and even afterwards like that breakdown he had if anyone finds that fucking weird they've never had a fucking mental breakdown before like that moment i felt like it was the most genuine authentic was had one last night yeah like, like it was like you don't you don't know why you're doing half the he's shit you're doing trains. but like yeah it's just like when you have a fucking breakdown where you just like he's like i don't know what the fuck to do next like i think that was such a great that 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 scene in the truck and then what happens afterwards i thought were great moments yeah um there's so much in this fucking movie and um i like I don't know, like what I mentioned before, like about it being similar to like Place Beyond the Pines and movies that deal with especially family and lineage and who we are and who our family are and if we're destined to be um, who our who our parents are and things like that and how they sort of shape who we're going to be. Um, 
I think uh, like that scene specifically. Um, you mentioned it was like shot in like vignettes and especially like most like a uh, very emotionally heavy and impactful moments in this kid's life. And um, I think that was such a great scene, and I think it definitely would shape a fucking kid in an interesting way, like seeing their dad break down like in the back of a truck because he just can't catch a fucking break. Um, well, it was like the worst day like to have ever yeah. in his situation everything that's been like leading up to that and yeah like it's just like he's like maybe things could go right and then all the way it just kind of like leads to that point where i'm like i completely understand why like when i was a kid and if i'm experiencing that i'm looking i'm i'm just like you're you it's hard to it's hard to comprehend like you don't get it you know you know as a child but like as you get older and you see that and you look back yeah. at it you're like He's like, I'm surprised you didn't break down fucking sooner. Like, this is yeah. insane. A lot so. of, another thing I like about this is um, there's not a lot of exposition, especially like from the parents. Um, like, we don't get we don't get expl- we don't get an explanation for what like why they why they're sleeping there, like at night and stuff. And um, you slowly start to understand because from like it's fucking mostly from the child's perspective. So as kids, like you don't really understand anything, mm-hmm. especially serious shit that's happening. Like, especially with your parents, they're just sort of playing the entire time and, um, having fun being kids. And they're asked to do these things like sleep at that place and, um, and things like that. And, uh, you don't really understand the impact of, uh, or the reason behind those things until much later. And I liked, I liked just the way that that, was told and how that like how that little plot was uh structured and shit like that there's a lot of there's a lot of that in this movie i think because it's from the perspective of kids um it will always makes things seem a bit more innocent than they are it seems like they're spending time more time with their dad and that's a great thing yeah but ultimately it turns out to be a fucking very bad thing yeah um so i, th- I think that that was just written very well and it was um it was just an, a really well-structured story overall um, no, no. There's so many things I like about this movie. Yeah. I agree. Um. Yeah, I like this movie a lot too. I agree with uh pretty much everything you guys have to say. Uh, for me, the things that stand out the most is obviously the way it's shot and uh the editing. I think with those two, it's a it makes for a very immersive story, especially with the narration. We get a lot of exposition from the main character. Everyone's referencing like a different movie, but I think for uh, for me, there's actually a scene in this movie where I think that the director was heavily influenced by uh, Tree of Life. Uh, there's a scene where they're running mm. like kind of like across the road in, in like unison, and there's a that is same that same exact shot in um, Tree of Life as well. I can oh. definitely see that comparison. That's a, if you that's if you guys like this, there's a lighthearted, uh, similar movie that the score is like very similar and the way they shot is very similar. It's King Jack. Yeah, I feel like I've heard of that. You, you reviewed this yeah. on the podcast too, yeah. right? Very similar, but King Jack is more uh, lighthearted, less yeah. serious. Almost like a grown-ups, well, a little more teenage uh, Kings of Summer. Yeah, yeah. King, yeah, a little bit, but yeah. King Jack is more like kind of like they, there's more like um, come of age and dark, right? Depressingness. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think uh, for me, I really enjoyed the story of just the parents their struggle and like i think the movie does a really good job of capturing the essence and mood of like growing up poor especially like in america and like how everything just is a struggle like to raise a family and to be happy and then when things are bad it's just the worst like your car breaking down it's like it's not like an easy fix like and it that shines through with the 
the older characters in this movie. And the reflection of like the kids is a very naive portrayal and it's well done. And um it's interesting because the, the movie is pretty much a, a like an autobiography of the the writer of the novel. It's some research on him, him too and I guess uh, he's essentially the Jonah character the story's th- told through his voice. Um but yeah, I like this movie a lot. Uh it, I obviously this movie is trying to evoke mood and some sort of atmosphere that that, that uh that's nostalgic. Yeah, I think it it succeeded. No, most definitely. Uh I I feel like to I don't want to talk more story stuff cuz I really don't want to spoil anything. I I think going in limited like scope of like what where the story goes this movie i don't for it's better something i don't like about it yeah it doesn't detract from it at all and it's fine but i just hate how i saw the trailer and i knew exactly how good it was gonna be and it was like it's predictably good you're like oh this is gonna be (laughs) good yeah (laughs) this is like i already know what i'm scoring this yeah i just Uh, like this is like one of those movies where i saw the trailer and i was like i just can't see a scenario where this isn't good yeah, this movie, you know, it's funny because I went, I was like, what? Because for some fucking reason, today is very fucking hot. And then all the trains in New York City just decide, just like, yeah, I guess we're just not working today. So I did a lot of walking. Yeah. And uh, initially, it didn't hit me. I was just kind of like processing the film. You know, when you watch a movie, it doesn't hit you right away sometimes. You know, it takes a little bit to digest the information and just kind of like, you know, look over everything. And you know, I've basically spent a good majority of time walking uh, in the city and then also walking in Brooklyn. It made me think about this movie. Also, and Harvey made a great point about lineage, and I think that's its greatest success. It it, it just makes you, you know, it, it just, especially for me, I don't know, I just it just made me think about, like, how I grew up and, like, the things you kind of see as a child. And, I don't know, it really resonated with me on that end. And uh, I think the movie succeeded at that. You know, it, uh, the movie did its job. In, in my opinion. So uh, this is highly, I highly regard this. I don't know if I can honestly recommend this to a lot of people. Again, I like going by the recommendation base. Like, it's like I can watch a movie. I'm like, you know, if this is, this is for everyone that I can really feel comfortable, but I feel like this is for a certain group of people, you know, no, you have to know what you're getting into a little, a little bit because people will be like, oh, there wasn't really much going on. You can easily say that about this movie, but it's there's a lot take, going on actually there's a lot it's deep <laughs> there's layers alright yeah there's a lot of layers um I like the I especially like the re- relationship between the parents quite a bit um you can tell from like a bit of backstory and just sort of context clues you can gather that they got together really young mm-hmm. and they had their first kid really fucking young and um well they say they got together when they were 14 yeah. well yeah she was 14 you don't you don't really know how old he was but yeah you can imagine they had a kid soon after that so they were probably teenage parents and um they teenage have a teenage parents mm-hmm. i'm sorry the teenage mutant ninja turtles thing with teenage parents I don't know why that came out because like it was in my <laughs> head and it shouldn't have I actually. Feel like, I feel like you need to explain it at yeah, this point. Sure yeah, know. I mean that's exactly what I was doing. I was trying to do teenage mutant parents in my head or something, and it, it came out in words. I seriously don't know how. All right. No. <laughs> um, brain. What was I fucking saying? I don't have control of my brain. That's why I say so much stupid shit. Um, but yeah, you can tell that these were teenage parents and have a very rocky. An unstable, unstable relationship. However, at the same time, you can tell that there's a lot of love there, and that they genuinely love each other. Although, 
their lives and the way that they're set up, they, they fucking also can hate each other at the same time and it can cause each other a lot of pain. Um, and from, uh, and from certain perspectives that could probably seem volatile and well, it is volatile, but like, um, just shitty and they could seem like shitty people and in a really bad relationship. But at the same time, if you consider like the factors that led these two people to come together and have kids way too early and be inexperienced about, um, I don't know, love and the way the world works, I think you become a lot more forgiving for their characters and the way they treat each other and the way, um, and for being poor people, people like to look down on poor people, but they're poor for a reason. And they, they have this relationship for a reason because their yeah. lives are not easy. And I think, um, it's just a very honest look at, at an individual and, and it's, I don't feel like it looks down on any one character. Yeah. And then in that sense, it re- yeah, I agree. And then in that sense, it reminds me of like Florida project a lot. Cause who could say, well, I've talked to a few people that believe that she was genuinely a bad mother. And I, I don't know. I think that perspective is a weird one to take. And I think this one offers a similar, a similar, um, story for two characters that um i really really enjoyed watching that's such an interesting idea just going back to florida project saying that someone's a bad i mean you have to understand the circumstance of which she's raising a child by herself and like the things you have to do sometimes you know compared to someone like you might say is a good mother who probably probably had a better shot at it you know who had like that support system and like everything there kind of like lifting her up I don't know. Interesting conversation. Yeah, if you have Maybe like not a, for right now, but yeah, like I interesting think, conversation. I think that's definitely, I don't know. I think that's definitely a, um, I don't know, a uh, element of this. Yeah. Um, if you like, if you consider especially how like those parents are raised, they probably had very similar upbringings to these kids. So who are these kids going to be that probably going to be similar to their parents? Um, maybe not uh, Jonah. Jonah's a little bit different though. Yeah, he he's very, I mean, he's, I think he comments throughout Throughout the whole film, yeah. like who are we going yeah. to be? He's you gonna know? grow up and write a book about it, and then make a movie. Yep. Look at him. Look at him now. Apparently, he's uh, teaching at UCLA. Oh, really? Yeah. Or not Jonah, but like the, the yeah. semi-autobiographical Count Justin part. Torres. Yeah, Justin Torres. Okay. Cool. Ready to rate? Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming we all fucking love this movie. If anyone, I'll be very surprised if anyone drops a two on the shit. Okay. What's your score? Um, a heart. And after further discussion, it, it was, uh, after uh, further discussion, it, at first it was going to be like a four, four and a half, but I'm, I, I, I really want to give this a five. I really Ooh. fucking love this shit. Sean? I'll give it a four. Four for me. He hated it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're so dramatic. Uh, four and a half for me. Yeah, this... Uh, four and a half. I'm, one of the, I'm one gave, of the, I give out two fives this week. Fuck. One of the better films uh, this year. Uh, this is going to be a rocky uh, next few months, man. It's going to be a lot of crazy shit coming out. I feel like... What about you, Harvey? It's also a four from me. Four? Uh, All right. Cool. Yeah, I really enjoyed this. Yeah. I was going to give it a four, and a, but I was just after discussing it and after having that walk and thinking about the movie and the elements, I was just like... He's like, this movie really... Like, yeah, I hit, get hit it. Yeah, he resonated. They're yeah. Dominican. Yeah, I mean, think the movie could have been a little bit <laughs> well, more... That was the most racist <laughs> thing you've ever said. <laughs> Actually, no. You probably said more racist shit. Yeah, just cut them all together. We need a dedicated listener to... But yeah, I said this movie could have been more compelling. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I guess, yeah. It was very subtle. Uh, I guess it could have been a little bit more. But I, at, at one rate, I think um, they could have overdone the drama. The drama seemed pretty real and... and and subtle. Yeah. I liked it. Um, 
I don't know for me, I guess the two plots, uh, two major plots. Um, I don't think they coalesced as well as they could have, like the sexuality stuff. Um, I think that could have been handled in a, a slightly better way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel but, yeah. I mean, but, people but, yeah. are calling this a new Moonlight, so I don't think it's a spoiler or anything. But oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, I've seen it in a couple of ad campaigns. Well, yeah, like the the way it handles is um, it's pretty subtle. I mean, it's actually not really like a major. I mean, it is a point in the film, but I don't think it's like this huge uh, yeah, thing. That, I think that's a problem for me. Yeah, but I like think, the, you haven't seen Moonlight, it. but it's like um, the first act of Moonlight is comparable. But anyways, mm, okay. All right, cool. Let's uh let's move on. Next week, uh I don't know what's going on here, but we we're just we're not on a good streak at this particular moment in time. Would you guys like to watch I mean it just it seems like week? every week, I mean we're grasping at straws. Um I mean, there's a lot of indie shit, but like it, it comes down to like w- when do you draw the line, you know? Uh Axel, you guys aware of this? What the hell is that? The fucking robot it dog. A robot movie. dog, yeah. I've seen that. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this you, is. You must have seen yeah, a trailer for it. It's very Michael man. Bay. Uh, the Happy Time Murders, which I I got to be honest, with you, I can't watch. I don't know what the hell that is either. That's the fucking Muppet E movie with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, yeah. I've seen. Well, I've seen like posters for it, and it says it's well, yeah, not Sesame Street. The best thing we could do is Sean already saw it. He fucked us. What? Searching. Oh, that comes out next week? Yeah, it's Damn. limited. I didn't fuck you. Uh, yeah. We don't, we <laughs> I didn't don't, fuck you. We don't want to give you a pass. And post oh, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be willing to watch that, uh, that, that, that fake Muppet movie. There's a movie um, called Arizona coming out with Danny McBride as well. I don't know what that is. Though. We can uh, we can come back to this. We don't have to. Uh... All right, we're going to have to because it's not looking good. We, can, we, we, could could go, go, we could go back. Searching would be great, but Sean What's ruined a, it. Who cares? Let's do let's do a let's do a classic. Re- you guys might hate it. I liked it. Let's watch let's watch a classic movie we've it's never a, seen. If it's coming out, it's probably the big release, right? I've seen talks. a ton of campaign. For let's it. do a classic re-review of Money Talks. Let's do it. No, I'm good. We're gonna we're gonna put this on the shelf for a sec. Let's right. we go. There's also crazy rich Asians. You know what? I've been hearing startlingly good things about it. That looks awful. And I don't know. I need to know if it is um, in the name of progressiveness or it's truly a well-done movie. It looks like it's super dated, but with Asian people. I saw someone on Instagram was like, I thought there was going to be a corny. uh, Like the plot is like, okay, we have a son who's rich and a daughter who's not accepted by his family, but we'll make them Asians. Well, that's a thing in Asia. I mean, it's, a, it's been done so many times in films. I know, but guess it does come w- at dinner. Yeah, I would honestly guess, guess who. who? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, it's the same. It was movie, one right? recently too. Oh, but that's yeah. what, when I saw the trailer. Uh, nothing really, other than I'm the fact it's all shit, right? all Asian cast, right? Other than that, I mean, it's it definitely looks like a, a just a typical romantic comedy. The mother doesn't like the daughter. The daughter has to prove herself. And then eventually, guess what? They're probably going to end up together. Yeah, it's like, a re- reverse like notebook. Highly rated, though. I need to know. I, I mean, to know. honestly, same I feel with like Wonder the, Woman. I had to do it for I don't that. Th- I got to do it for this. I don't think. I don't think we're going to see it reinventing the romantic comedy wheel. But I think maybe it could be a really funny movie. Yeah, I'll take my Asian girlfriend with me. See, uh, we'll get her perspective. You can't use mine. <laughs> mine literally means nothing. Somehow, she walks like, like, "Yeah, all that was true." <laughs> 
That's how we do it. Nah, Singapore and Cambodia are literally night and day. <laughs> They're different planets. Uh, okay, so uh, we'll put that on the back burner. Let's uh, let's briefly. We're we're running hot on time right now, guys. What's um, the time? One forty-three. Okay. Uh, we're gonna briefly talk about elements of coming of age related to the movie we just watched. Um, what works, what doesn't, what movies we really love. Yada yada yada. To be fair, we did stop and Google the uh, father from uh, that movie for like fucking thirty minutes. Uh, I don't. Oh know yeah, we're long. trying to figure no, out. That, that was wasn't in, part of the. That was off yeah, air. Yeah, so off I air. don't know. That could cut out like five, six minutes. I don't know. Or fifteen. We we uh no, but we recorded. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, so, anyways, um, what do you guys think? Coming of age films, Steve. What do you think? Uh, means what it means to be a coming of age because obviously the word coming of age doesn't necessarily need to mean like the movie Boyhood where he literally goes uh, through every age. It could literally be a coming of age film could happen in a week, you know, and you don't really age much in a week. But like, why is it still called a coming of age film? It's because of that experience. It's it's yeah, it's that transitional period from I think adolescence to not inherently adulthood, but. You're you're transitioning the next stage you see of your your life, yeah. and you're seeing the world and the people you're with, and just but, in uh, general is a little it bit. Limited the children? Cause no, I mean, it's not because I feel like even even now, young you adults, can, young adults, yeah. YA. What about as kids? Call what them. about people in their forties? Uh, that's interesting because I don't feel like we rarely. Because I would say Brad's status is a great example. Of well, that's a midlife crisis movie, right? But so. I mean, you're coming of age because you're becoming of like right. the post forty year old. Um, so that's interesting. I, I think, think coming I think, of age is more coined for adolescence. So. Yeah, it definitely is adolescence because you definitely that that innocence, I guess people always refer to, is such a major point in a coming of age story. Like it really is. I feel like we're gonna keep saying coming of age, coming of age, coming of age throughout this whole thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's super. It, it's super important. I don't think we can ever really have that work in any other element imagine like like again brad's status i don't think we can work for someone who is maybe someone who in themselves right. like maybe uh jeff who lives at home uh-huh. like he is in a way his mind is in in a way an adolescence child, yeah. yeah like he sees the world in such an innocent way and like having patterns and this is the way it works and him slowly mm-hmm. realizing that maybe it's not that way at all mm. for me um i like uh coming of age movies where we have a we have the the character, the child, whoever it may be, in the middle of of two uh, worlds, kind of like um, uh, we the animals. And uh, for me, one of my favorites is uh, that does a really good job of like in thrusting the character and him like witnessing his family and and just like the dysfunction of all that, and him learning something from that at the end. Uh, that did a really good job is um the squid and the whale, Shit. and I think that movie is great. And uh, another one that does a similar job is um, Rushmore, which is also one of my favorites. And I think that those two films, the main characters, they they believe in certain things in the in the beginning of the film, and towards the end, the perspective on something completely changes because of the events that surrounds them. And uh, and then we have the other spectrum of that, whereas like a char- these characters who are learning from kids their own age or just like in within that their own realm. And a good uh, example of that is. Um, this is England. That's also one of my favorites as well. So I like those type of uh, stories. That's weird that you mentioned. I was going to mention This is England. That's, oh, you were? Um, I love that movie. That's yeah. like uh, 
and and that movie really only deals with her, the that main character and his friends and what's going on in, in that world. That movie's super interesting, and I love it because um, well, and you understand like the life of this kid. He um he lost his father in the Falklands War, and the Falklands War is typical. I think we have a visitor coming soon. I heard the door open. I'm sorry to interrupt. Uh-huh. Uh, um, that's fine. Okay, sorry. But yeah, uh, I'm sorry. This kid's uh, dad died in the Falklands War, and um, not only did it, did he die, but Falklands War is typically considered a a bit of a not necessarily a sham, but also like a like a bullshit war. Um, so kind of like Vietnam. It's the Vietnam War of England. Yeah, yeah. yeah they have yeah. this. Uh, not a lot of casualties, especially on the British side. But um, there's this sort of stigma and this uh, almost like embarrassment, I believe, that comes from having a relative or someone die in the Falklands War, there's like sort of like some mm-hmm. shame to it to a, to a degree. So I think there's this resentment of his dad in there for sure, but it's also him obviously missing his dad because his dad's gone and he finds uh, like solace and companionship and love and shit. But in this, in this shitty group of people, because they're, they're skinheads at the same time, or at least they become more like a hardline militant skinheads once that guy comes. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's just a great fucking story. What about uh? Would you consider um, City of Men, coming of age? City of God or City, City of God? God? Yeah, the movie one. I mean, it's definitely yeah. yeah I mean, the I, elements yeah, are I, I clear so as day. Sure. Yeah, I right. think so for sure. Um, yeah, that's also one of one of uh, my favorites. But th- that one's interesting because um, you don't have this guy that necessarily go through like a huge emotional or, or psychological like transformation. But uh, you see him uh, sort of manipulate and understand his surroundings in a way to right. like, better his life, and and uh, and he makes a pretty significant change in that way. Sort of like um, what you guys maybe watched, Beast of No Nation, along those lines. Word. Which is tough. Yeah. It fucking broke my heart. I can't watch that movie again. Yeah. Yeah. Another I, uh, another good one that I like. Uh, I like stories that deal with sexuality, uh, especially one of my favorites, as you guys know, is Blue Storm's Color. And that deals with a person who's on the verge of like pretty much becoming a young adult, and still in this uh, in this environment where her um, sexuality is looked down upon. I like that story a lot too. I was going to uh, mention that I really enjoy um, Squid and the Whale as well because I think both of the character the the well the kids in the movie are super super naive to something, um, and I think by the end they're transformed. And um, I think that really is a huge turning point in mm-hmm. their lives and a lot of actual kids' lives, you know? Um, yeah, but basically, I think coming of age is it just, they work so well because we were all there. I think we all, I think everybody, they gotta, be, like, you gotta have some uh, you know emotional attachment to your childhood, right? Yeah. You know which one I like? And uh, I like, I like, ensembles definitely when it comes to like uh coming of age stories but like sandlot and like stand by me those older movies i fucking love like stand by me i love that the idea of like going on a journey right, right, with someone right, right. Yeah, yeah i mean Florida project was like i've mentioned in that review where it was just so fucking nostalgic to like like walk into an abandoned building and just break shit <laughs> yeah like exactly like, it's just like so many times i feel like that's something and, and and they're all transformed even after like after this journey or this 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 trial they went through and i feel it's the same way we just like 
they're a little bit more lighthearted in their approach. I mean, Stand by Me is definitely not lighthearted just because their their journey is to go find a fucking dead body. Yeah, but you know what I mean, like that 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 kind of that sense of adventure, and then that kind of being destroyed a little bit as uh as 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 these like cli- these dramas or these tragedies happen. Yeah, I, th- I think We the Animals is like a perfect um, like placeholder for this because like yeah. such little moments affect these kids so greatly and i think that's what real like there's other coming of age movies out there that are like you know stylized and not realistic um but i think this movie really goes to show like the tiny little impacts things have on a child and that's uh that's what i love about it and uh makes you think about how you got to where you are you know i think no matter how much you try and change um there's always going to be those things that have made you who you are like those formative experiences. Yeah, I just don't think you can escape all of them. Maybe a couple, or maybe you. I don't know. I just think it's, it always. Uh, I think you could with like routine and practice, but right. But I mean, how much? How many of them can you escape? And there's actively? a there's a book that um I didn't finish. Uh, do you remember that Cindy Lament's book, Steve? Yeah. Kill the cat. Yeah. Or maybe. no, not kill the. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Save the cat. Save the cat. It's a complete opposite. Well, well, kill the cat's actually a song. That's why. Uh, right. that kill the yeah. cat. Kill Save the, the cat. cat. But there's a section in the beginning of that movie or that book where he's talking about um, uh, this this person's this way because of what happened as a child. And the example he gives is like, they took my rubber duckies away when I was a child. This is why I am the way I am here yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, that's a very simplified version of what that actually is. It's... It's crazy. And Sulu Met, he's uh he's notorious if you if you watch his movies for where his characters have a deep connection to their childhood. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about Sidney Lumet? I think you're talking about making movies. Is the book right? I don't know. It was both of those that we both were sharing. Yeah, yeah. Making movies with Sidney Lumet and then Save the Cats by I forgot who who it is. I'm just completely blanking though. I know who you're talking about because yeah. I, I've read I've read Save the Cats. I think it's the same copies we had. Yeah, <laughs> from our buddy. Shit, man. Being a child is is crazy. Um, <laughs> dude, I mean, you literally just pumped out of a vagina. It's making movies. Making, yeah, yeah. making movies. Yeah. Like cinema, yeah. Isn't that crazy though? You just like, you have to just learn everything. It's insane. Mm-hmm. You just like literally, like you can see when shit's happening and the kids don't have any like reaction. It's because their, their brains are so absorb, absorptive, is that, is that, it? or absorptive? Absorbent. Absorbent. Fuck. Absorbing it? Yeah, you've, you've been, been like English, fucking up today. English. Real fucking up words. You, English, said, you, fucked up another, trash. you fucked up another one, but I didn't yeah. say anything. Yeah. <laughs> did I? Which one was it? I forgot. Yeah, you I did forget. too, and I I'm just like, I'm gonna let it slide. English is fucking trash. Compatible bro. or something like that you said? No, earlier? it was something else. It's I something, yeah. Compatible is a word. Compatible. You said something earlier where you added like a. Competitive. Yeah. I mean, this language is bullshit. You know it. There are no rules. That's the problem. They just, literally just are, are you there's pretty a, sure there's, there's definitely rules? rules. <laughs> I remember no, taking you a compare, course. Like when I took in, Japanese, in English. Yeah, but when, all right, can you explain why it's absorbent and not absorptive? Absorbent With a rule, like a, a grammar rule. All right, now you just pick. Yeah, See, you're just I, when I studied Japanese, I love their language so much because of how rule heavy and consistent it is. Like it's a, like a math quiz; you can't plug the wrong thing in and get the same answer, right? English, you can. It's man, fucking ridiculous. Yeah, man. We can. But anyways, just, we play hot loose over here. Their their brains are like sponges, and like they don't react. You know, I saw a couple fighting while waiting for the train last night, and all I was doing was reacting. 
Like this, like, oh, you fucking weirdos. Right. Oh, you crazy people. Get and the fuck out of here. Because that shit's not new to you. Like, as right. a child, yeah. you're like, okay, so this is new. This is here forever now. Yeah, and they're just they're just taking it in without realizing it. But, yeah, very important shit. Mm-hmm. Take care of your fucking kids, people, right? Literally, Easy to say give when them, you don't have any, Tom. Give them the goddamn world or else they're going to end up with problems. Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that solves everything. I mean, don't give them the world as in like spoil <laughs> them until they're rotten. But Jesus Christ, don't give them negative shit. In Number their one, lives. What's, parenting this, what's this podcast? advice? Aren't you yeah. late on your alimony? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> late on my alimony. <laughs> don't be like me. All right, let's um, let's wrap things up, guys. We got a game to play. Oh, I'm not playing. Oh, speaking of game, this is super interesting. It's called though. Get Wrecked. We have a special guest. We don't have a special guest. <laughs> I, I Pat? Well, we have Pat the intern that's in-house lurking around somewhere. Lurking around? Yeah, where the hell is he? He's lurking in the shadows. <laughs> there we go, man. Here. You're here again, man. You're, you're witnessing it. Steve, so can you move that laptop? Does, does that loss actually count? I mean, it counts. I think it should. I mean, I'm sure you think it should. What loss? I'm not questioning that. He's questioning whether or not No, that's I not a rule. Be. That's not a rule rule because we didn't start the game. He didn't explain it. What? Yeah. Explain the game. Okay. Um, but you guys okay with me being the loser? Sure, whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, relax. It's going to take me 45 minutes to find a movie for any of you anyway. So we're going to be playing Get Wrecked. <laughs> it feels weird calling it that. Uh, so the, now, now it feels weird? It wasn't like, weird like, like a week it. ago? I like it still. We should do I, I like, like rolling of the dice. We should do some fucking weird transition movie uh, music where it's just like, Get Wrecked. And then it's like... How about if we just have you say it every single time? I'll just do no. that. <laughs> Let's loop that. Get wrecked. Me fucking saying it with a monitor. Or like, <laughs> get wrecked. Get or like, wrecked. just like an NPR it. sound effect. All right, so we're going to be playing this game, Get Wrecked, where we roll a die. The loser of last week gets to assign the uh, lowest roller a movie this week. Um, the loser is me, so I'm going to be picking a movie here for one of these guys. Steve, take it away. An eight. Not terrible. Not it's bad. Not terrible. I'll go. All right, Sean. Nervous, bro. I'm nervous. I don't want you to win. Oh no! Got him, damn. Right. Not bad, not bad. This motherfucker still it. owes me a movie. I just realized. You thought? I yeah, um, I owe a movie, not a doc. Motherfucker, <laughs> doc. A loophole. Movies. That's not a loophole. Oh my god! I, I don't want to fucking lose. What did you? Why well, just don't watch the movies? Huh? What'd you get? A nine. Uh, oh. A fucking wait. That don't count. Yeah, that definitely. Yeah, it does. It's, it's a trapped. One. That's a two right there. <laughs> How did we just pray, pray not to lose? Like, like <laughs> lose. God, no, it was on two or three. It was on 12 or two, actually. It was right here. Was like I mean, if that wire wasn't there, I bet it would have been. It would have been a 12, for sure. It would have been a 12. <laughs> for sure. No doubt about it. Referee, where were you at? Harvey lost. All right, Harvey. On a technicality. He, he didn't watch a movie for two weeks now, so. Wait, what? Well, you were off last week, so you didn't watch Black Klansman, did you? No. I'm not going to assign him that. Assign him Black Lightning. No. Okay. So, Harvey, I'm going to give you a choice. Ooh, a choice. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to just throw these you two out Morpheus? here. I'm going to throw these two out here, and um, you can pick whatever one you want, but it's got to be one of these two. It's going to be either The Founder, starring Michael Keaton, or I'd like you to see King Jack. I think there's a lot there for you as well. Mm-hmm. So, you want to see a... Uh, I don't think I know period what King Jack piece. is. Um, I it's think very, King Jack's on um Yeah, I think Netflix. they're both on Netflix. Yeah. What is King Jack? King Jack's like a very... It's similar to We the Animals, but more um 
more lighthearted comedy, but it's filmed and scored very similarly. I'll watch The Founder. Damn, I wanted Steve to lose. Mm. I, right. want, I wanted you to give him Easy Rider. I, all right, so The Founder is like a, a movie that shouldn't work, but it, I enjoyed it a lot, so I'm interested to hear your thoughts. I really I really like Michael, Michael Keaton. So I think he really carries this movie. Um, all right, Ooh. cool. Hopefully one day I'll lose and you guys He's can finally assign me a War Machine. Never seen that. Why do you want us to sign you movies? You always do this. First was Fire... What was it? Fire you guys, Firefox. You guys like War Machine, right? Why don't you just watch it? I liked it. it. I liked it too, yeah. So, yeah. You could just watch it. No, nah, it doesn't work like yeah, that. it doesn't work like I that. Wor- I watch movies spontaneously. <sighs> All right. Well, anyways, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, thanks for tuning in. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Retweet uh, us. What 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 is our, our handles? I mean, do the right film on Facebook, do the right film underscore podcast on Instagram, Ooh. and I think just do the right film on uh, Twitter. Nice. You could retweet us there, but ultimately, um, all of our shit is on our website, do the right film.com, and you could leave us uh, comments, emails on there. Right. Recommendations and whatnot as well. I'm also on LinkedIn. Yes. I'm also on Bahat Matrimony. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, leave us a review on iTunes if you enjoyed the episode. Um, even if you didn't enjoy it, leave a bad review. I love when you're just encouraging the negativity. It's like, bring it all. I don't, I'm not encouraging. Shomo will debate you till the end. He I, will fight you till I the want, bitter I end. I want honesty, all right? I want honesty. All right. So that's it for us. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for, for tuning in. Anybody yeah. have any last words? Not me. I mean, it's okay. We're going to come back next week. It's not like your last words just for this episode. Treat others the way... Take care of your goddamn kids, alright? See Take care of your damn kids. What do kids. we need? We need a catchphrase. Red rubber, red rubber, goddamn. Send me over till we never see me again. Put the garbage in the fucking trash can. Up and down like a garbage man. Try my best like kids, spray tan in the middle of the wintertime high school dance. 